0: The following podcast contains spoilers and language that our mothers would prefer we did not use. Like
1: Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You've got Billy, you've got Tofa. and that would make this We Watched a Thing. Is that right, buddy?
0: 100% correct. Excellent. And what thing did we watch this week? This week we watched a new film... Uh, called Promising Young Woman. Yes, that's correct. I tell you, mate, January is the
1: month of the woman, right? Promising Young Woman, Pieces of a Woman, and Wonder Woman all released within, like, a week or two of each other.
0: Three movies about women in one month. I don't know what the world's come to. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, mate. <laughs> when when will we be seen in movies, I, I know. When is it, when is, when is it the middle-class white, white man white get it done. <laughs> When's our time?
1: All right, well, should we crack into it? Certainly. Okay. Promising Young Woman is a 2020 American black comedy thriller film written, produced, and directed by Emerald Fennell in her feature directorial debut. Margot Robbie serves as producer, and it stars Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham, Alison Brie, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Coolidge, Laverne Cox, and Connie Britton. And what is it about, mate?
0: It's a kind of, um, you know, as is the time, um, superhero origin story. You know, there's there's an avenging character. Yes, yes. Um, like Batman, something bad happens, and she takes matters into her own hands. Yes, true story. Another true story. Um, we don't need to hide this for a lot of the episode. We both already know that we like this film. Yeah. Did you look at my letterbox again? I was on. The, I didn't specifically look at this. I just went into letterbox, and it was there on the front page. <laughs>
1: We got it. We got to unfriend each other again, <laughs> just like we did in real life. Briefly, <laughs> um, yeah. There's no hiding it. I loved this film. I loved it so much. If if this, ha- I believe this was a 2020 US release. If we had gotten this last year, this would have made my top of the year list. Absolutely.
0: That's high praise.
1: Yes. Shall we start with? I guess what what has been the most talked about thing about this film, the performance of Carrie Mulligan.
0: Absolutely, we're both um, card carrying members of the Carrie Mulligan fucking rules club. I mean, who wouldn't be? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, true. Um, I, I I mentioned to you so when we did our episode on Nomadland, we had a little discussion about the Oscars, and of course, neither of us had seen this yet. Based on what I've seen so far. I'm really rooting for Mulligan. I don't think she's going to win, but, geez, I would like if
0: she did. I would completely be on board in a world where you can read Oscar winner Carey Mulligan. Yeah. Um, I Look, personally, I wouldn't have her in front of Frances McDormand in this race. Yeah. But Carey Mulligan rules, and again, <laughs> in this film, she fucking rules. She rules. I- I don't think she's
1: going to win it purely because of the amount of humour that is in this film. This is very much a black comedy. Like, there are some very comedic things in this film. I think that's exactly why she should win. I think that the range she shows in this film is phenomenal. She gets a chance to do just about everything here, and she nails it every time. She's hysterical. She's bleak. She's dark. She's scary. She's sympathetic. Everything you want in a character, she does in
0: this film. If the central performance in this movie doesn't work, the movie doesn't work. No, that's exactly right. Simple as that.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. When I was reading out the cast list before, this film has a massive cast, huge cast. Most of them are in a scene or two. Connie Britton, who I adore, I love Connie Britton. What she does in this film is great, but she's barely there. Carrie Mulligan carries this film from
0: start to end. As you said, big supporting cast, really good people there, and cast in really interesting ways. Like, right from the beginning of the film, they kind of just subverting our idea of Adam Brody and who he is on screen. Yes. And it lets you, for a couple of minutes there, it's like, oh, yeah, Adam Brody's here, so I feel good. And it seems like that is the case. And then- Later on in like the first sequence of the film, it then it then flips that and you're like, oh wow, even if even Adrian Brody is a shit bloke. Adam Brody. Then fuck, I do that so much. <laughs> I even wrote down in my notes Adrian Brody and then was like, hang on, I reckon that's wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think like just a great move from the film that from the very first scene, it's like, geez, if even Adam Brody sucks, yeah, then I know. He's Seth. He's Seth, mate. How can Seth be so awful? <laughs> I don't really understand that, but Oh, you never watched the OC? <laughs> yeah. No, nah, man, um, I was I was I'm a little bit older than you, I was Dawson's Creek.
1: <laughs> oh mate, I was all up in Dawson's Creek. You're you're right you're right though. That <laughs> that's is a something- horrible
0: sentence.
1: <laughs> um You're right. That is something so brilliant the film does is and, and obviously that's the point of the film. The the message is it it could be anyone and it could even be you. You might think a lot of these people genuinely don't think that they're bad guys. You know, like when you get the revelation about Burnham later on, the reason why that shocks you is because not only at that point in the film do we as the audience believe he's a good guy. We genuinely believe that he believes he's a good guy. Mm. And that that really is the message of the film, which is what makes all of those casting choices work so exceptionally well.
0: Do you think it's to the film's uh, credit or discredit that by the time it happens with Bo Burnham, you're probably you're like, okay, no, this is this is too good, and we already know that this film set us up for the fact that she can't have nice things.
1: I actually I, I love the the twists and turns that this film takes. Some of them you might see something coming, some of them you don't. They do all feel extremely uh, natural to me, though, in the progression of the story. And I, I, I was surprised by the Bo Burnham twist to, to an extent. I mean, I, I didn't know what his involvement was. I was sure there was going to be some level of involvement there. Yeah. Were you surprised by that?
0: Oh, no, not at all. But only because I felt that in the context of the film that this is like this is just literally this is too good to be true. Like there's, there's no way this is going to play out in a happy ending yeah. for this guy and this couple.
1: Okay, I mean we're kinda of, we we're, we're getting there already. Let's let's just get straight to the end now. Everyone knows that we have spoilers in this show. If you haven't seen this movie yet, we love it. Go see it. Let's get to the end while we're talking about this. So you weren't surprised by that. Were you surprised by the final 20 minutes w- when the thing happens?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was if if you'd asked me um at the ninety-minute mark, how long? How long's the film? Is it about two hours? Yeah, it's it's, it's just, a, just just a nip under. I think it's about an hour forty-five. Right. So if you'd asked me half an hour out from the end, do I think that <laughs> that that thing is going to happen? No, no, I wouldn't have predicted that. By the time we're up to that scene and it happens, yeah, I didn't find it shocking because it was like, well, yeah, it's it's still a bit, it's still a bit surprising because we're just so. If you've grown up watching Western cinema, yeah, you know the hero wins. It's you get a happy ending,
1: yeah. And it's that scene is unflinching as well. Like it is just that one long take of him with the pill over her face and her square, and it, 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 it lingers like that. That it takes shot, a long time. Yeah. It doesn't cut away, and it's not like there's no gore or, but it's it's unflinching
0: in that moment. Yeah, the good thing about it is that it leaves. It's it's long enough that you sit there going, this is only going one way, but also the longer it goes on, the longer, you know, maybe something could happen. Yeah. But, but you know, really, you know, no, it won't. She's gonna die. Yes.
1: This is it. <laughs> and then later on, you find out that that she knew it was only going to
0: go that one way as well. <laughs> yeah, that is bleak. Yes. <laughs> one thing so you know we get the early days in the film we get the early uh sequences of her doing her avenger thing yeah and going home or be you know being taken home by these guys i'd have i didn't really like it in the in the second one with the you know the kid from super bad yeah um that she actually like explained the whole thing to the guy i was like we we know don't we yeah. I just I just felt there's like 30 seconds there of her just explaining to the audience through this other character what she's doing. When I was like, but we know. I, I I feel like the film probably could have given the audience just a bit more credit there and saved itself 30 seconds of exposition.
1: I would also like to know, obviously, she's been doing this a long time. She's been doing it to a lot of guys. I, I would like to know what... What other possibilities are in are in those moments? Is it always just she kind of tells the guy off? I don't know if you noticed, but when she's marking up her tally, it's color coded. There are there are names and tallies that are in black, and then there are names and tallies that are in red. And I myself was wondering, do they mean different things? Does does the red mean that maybe she took it a bit further? I, I again, I'm just speculating here. Did you have thoughts like that at all in those moments?
0: Uh, not specifically along those lines, but I did think that. I-, I wondered if, with her mindset, was she letting these guys off a bit light? Because it seemed like, for the two scenes we see her her do this, where she springs the fact that she's actually cold sober on these guys. Yeah. It's like, got ya, and, and then leaves? Yes,
1: exactly, yes. And from memory, with Adam Brody, we actually don't see the end of that scene so much. So, I guess we're kind of left questioning what she did, and then it's, as you said, with, with Mince Place with Superbad, we get to see- you know, her tell him off. But I thought the same thing. I thought it did come off like maybe it was a little bit light in regards to the things her character does later. I was just a bit surprised that that was the extent of it. And I did wonder if the colour coding meant anything because this book is full of tallies and names. And the first thing I noticed was, you know, the red and the black. And obviously that could just be a stylistic choice. But I was going as a character, that has
0: to mean more. Did you enjoy the little- There was a We Watched a Thing throwback on TV at one point. Did you enjoy that? Was there? Was she
1: watching uh, Dating the
0: Enemy? Did Guy Pearce pop up or something? (laughs) Sadly, this film is devoid of Guy Pearce, which is sad for any film. Um, But her parents were watching Night of the Hunter. Ah, I actually did notice that. Yes, I mentioned that. When that happened, I was like, oh, Billy will be
1: beside himself. (laughs) Greatest film I've ever seen. Yeah, um... Not true, <laughs> but um, <laughs> great casting of her parents though. With uh, Jennifer Coolidge in that role, excellent choice.
0: Excellent choice. Um, Stifler's mum. Great, great use of of, of Jennifer Coolidge. Um, yes, they do have a bit of fun with it at one point when Bo Burnham makes some remark about her mum being hot. <laughs> yeah, um, little self aware moment from the film. Weird, weird watching Clancy Brown. Be not a murderer in a film. <laughs> Strange stuff. <Yep. laughs> not what we're used to with Clancy. <laughs> well, there they go again. Flipping your expectations, mate. <laughs> Everywhere. All over the shop. The, I'll tell you what. The longer this film went on, the more I start. And I very much take this film as a as kind of- You know how Tarantino has his, all right, this is a movie and this is a movie movie? Yeah. Like the movies that are like, this is something that could happen, whereas this story is something that a character from one of my other films might watch as a movie. It's kind of a movie that exists within the movie verse. Yeah. for me, I take this film as a movie that exists within the movie verse. And that became stronger and stronger the longer I watched it as uh, partly it was the kind of kill Bill aspect of her chalking off names on screen. There's the fact like yeah, you know, there's a couple of scenes, you know where she gets out of the car and with the crowbar and just starts wailing on old mates. Car and it's like there's just a certain unreality to that scene. It's just like not the way that that scene would unfold. And I'm by no means am I saying that doesn't work. Like, I think the movie leans into this and that it does completely work. The only way, the only aspect that that doesn't really work for me is the look of the film. I think the movie looks a bit too nice.
1: Oh, really? I adore the look of this film. I love it. I think, I I know to some extent to what you're referring, and obviously there's a big use of colour in the film. It, it almost, you know, and it's alluded to very heavily, of course, later on when she's dressed up in the nurse as outfit and you get those huge Harley Quinn vibes. And I think that that is leaned into through the entire film. It's very fantastical in its look, and that blends really nicely for me with- you know, the, the great soundtrack and stuff as well. So I personally love the look of the film.
0: Yeah, right. So Hard disagree with me on everything that happens up until that final sequence, which does have a real look to it. If we think of a recent film that you and I like, we're not massive fans of of Joker. Yeah. But the look and I'm not suggesting that um that Promising Young Woman should look like Joker, but we I think we both we both thought that the look of Joker did service the film really well. Yeah. Um I yeah I th- I just thought that this movie just was a bit a bit nice looking and if it was going to if it was going to be not overly stylized which is fine then like just oh, this is pure personal level stuff then something more like the kind of almost ultra reality of something like 21 Grams I think would have worked really well for me but for the most part I thought it just kind of had that kind of almost like the Netflix color space lookup table copy paste thing going on, which is to say it's by no means is it a bad looking film. It's a but that's kind of almost the point for me is that I just thought it was too nice looking interesting to me that's a different film. I think
1: obviously you could go the the full gritty nastiness of reality, but as I think you kind of said before that's not what this film is it's it is a movie movie and even when things are grim, there's always this strange sense of fun to the film, which I know that sounds completely backwards to say about no, but the it's content real. of that's this film is. Real. But it, it's true. It's, and to me, that's the look of the film really dives into that and that provides part of that. If this film was really gritty and, and reality looking, I don't think you'd be able to get the same enjoyment out of it. It would it would be too conflicting between what's happening on screen and the look of the film. It's it's this weird kind of a hyper real look with this surreal um setting and everything. So yeah, I actually think that the look of the film was really nice. Too much fill light. Interesting. Get rid of it. <laughs> Get rid of the fill light. <laughs> now you're sounding like, like me. Don't light anything, mate. <laughs> Yeah, up the ISO. That's right. The camera camera has this little switch on it called gain. That's an internal light. I don't know if you know this, but it's great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, Big fan of your cinematography, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, like, getting back to the kind of the the Kill Bill vibes of this movie. and, And one of the things that makes this a real movie movie is that, for me anyway, at no point do you feel bad for any victim in this film. Oh no never never even i mean the the
1: victim that i guess you could feel the most sympathetic for you'd say is probably Connie Britton but even then you don't you don't at all and the way she talks you just you do not feel bad for her you don't feel bad for Alison Bree you don't feel bad for any of the men it, and it is just fantastic because you are really able to take glee in what Carrie Mulligan is doing <laughs>
0: That's right, I think the film does this well it it veers away from a um there's there's no sense of well, the two wrongs really make a right thing yeah. it's just like well, no, this is what's happening. this is what this story's about and and as you've said, there is a weird gleeful embrace of that in a film that g- you you don't think you're going to be throwing the word gleeful about with this film no no, absolutely not and there are
1: times where. Not question it, but until things are revealed later on, when she first left Alison Bree, I did for a minute go, she didn't just pay that guy to rape her, did he? There's no way. And of course, it's been established quite clearly that that's, that's not what Carrie Mulligan is about. As far as we know, she hasn't actively hurt anybody. She mostly just gives talking tos. So, we're sure that that's not where it's headed. But you do kind of go, really? Because that might be a a bridge too far.
0: <laughs> I'm well. No, unlike you, I'm still not convinced that didn't happen. Yeah. I know she, like Carrie Mulligan, tells Alison Bree that no, no, nothing happened. Do we know that?
1: Well, I mean, that's a great question, and we know, you know, like later on when she leaves the lawyer's house, and and she's got the guy waiting outside to go in and do God knows what to this guy.
0: <laughs> and that that moment is actually one of my. That's another. That's a nitpick for me. Is that Alfred Molina's character gets forgiven? Awfully quick. Yes,
1: I agree with that.
0: With everything we've seen from this character, sh- she says she gives him a pass real quick.
1: Yes, I definitely agree with that.
0: Weird moment when when Mulligan and Burnham's characters are in a pharmacy and they have spam for sale. I mean, spam will obviously kill you. Why is it for sale in a pharmacy? <laughs> what is this pharmacy that's actively trying to kill its patrons. Oh, spam is the best. <laughs> well, yeah, but so's fried chicken. It doesn't mean it's not <laughs> killing you.
1: Oh, man. God, I could go for some fried chicken right now. <laughs>
0: I bet you could, you fucking oh. hungover mess.
1: <laughs> Seriously, being over 30 sucks. It was Sunday night and today is Tuesday and I feel
0: so awful. <laughs> oh, don't drink, kids. <laughs> I, I just want to big up the the production design of this film in well, actually like for a bunch of it, but specifically, I love an ugly parents' house yeah and yep. this one this is but <laughs> ugly this is horrible shit yeah like if you listed this thing on real estate dot I reckon, I reckon you've knocked 50 grand off the price just from what it currently looks like with these people living in it. It is disgraceful interior in the best possible way. <laughs> yeah. These people's sense of what should be in their house is appalling, and I love it. Yeah, which just adds to
1: that gritty realism, because that's parents. <laughs> well, hey, trust me, you've got a kid now. In two years, that's what your house is going to look like. <laughs> You'll just crack out some plastic on the furniture and-
0: more pink, more frills, more lace.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, so much lace. Yeah. it'll. It,
0: what, what would you describe it as? Chic cottage? Cottage chic? <laughs> Great casting on the the guy that kills her and his best man. Wanted guy who looks like a douchebag.
1: Yeah, I mean, you won't get this, but little Veronica Mars tie in there because both those guys are from Veronica Mars. And, and again, the best man, excellent casting. Excellent, excellent casting there. Max Greenfield, who plays the best man, is excellent casting because he, uh, like you say, with the kind of the Adam brody of things, Max Greenfield is so lovable. He's so lovable. I don't know if you watched New Girl at all, but he's he's great in that. And he plays kind of a frat boy douche, but a really lovable version of one. And so to see him here where he is this scum, but still kind of you know, there's a, there's a funny charm to him just because he can't help that. Um, and Chris Lowell, who plays the guy who kills her, I actually haven't seen him in anything except for Veronica Mars, where he he's like to put it in perspective for you, you'll get this. He's the Riley of Veronica Mars.
0: <laughs> oh right, yeah. So you hate what an absolute him. loss,
1: yeah. exactly. For those who haven't watched Buffy, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so he is. He's the absolute worst. You hate him. So, for him to pop up in this role, I was like, oh, yeah, I hate you already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great casting of those two. I feel like we're nearly at the end of the conversation. I don't think we've given enough credit yet to Emerald Fennel, Because um, feature directorial debut, she was the showrunner of- Season 2 of Killing Eve, which I know a lot of people really love. I'm I'm in Season 1, but she's best mates with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I think the screenplay here is so tightly written. I think it's really, really great. Every character here, you know who they are instantly. You spoke about one piece of exposition early in the film where she's kind of telling one of the, the bad dudes what she's doing. Apart from that, I think it really does rely on character and tight writing to get things across. And I think, as far as direction goes too, you said you didn't love the look of the film I did. I I just want to give props to Emerald Fennell.
0: Yeah, it's the kind of film that just very quickly look out for this person's next film because this is someone this is just a really interesting new voice.
1: Yeah, it's got such a voice and personality to it. It's very distinct which is what you want from, from a young filmmaker.
0: And she's, I found out she does have a cameo in the film She's the, you know, the the YouTube video of the, the yes. lipstick? <laughs> yep. That's her. Yeah. Which is hilarious, that scene. Again, <laughs> like, the amount of times in this film where it is funny is crazy, given the subject.
1: Yep. Agreed. I think it's a really smartly written film. I absolutely loved it. Uh, how are you scoring it?
0: I was kind of hoping and maybe half expecting to love the film. I really like the film. I'm a 7 out of 10.
1: Okay. I'm a 9 out of 10. I would watch this again- Tonight, I, it's so entertaining. Like, and it, it it hits those same marks for me that a film like, say, Parasite did, where it's it's entertaining and yet has heaps to say, but it's not it's not ever preachy in the way it does it. And this film could have easily gone preachy, and you'd forgive it if it did, but it doesn't. The way it tackles its subject matter is just so smart and funny and just fun to watch all at once. So yeah, I I loved it. All right. What are we getting to next week, mate?
0: Next week, we're going to go. We're going to really, really lighten things up and go to feel good hit of the season pieces of a woman.
1: I'm really excited for that as well. And Vanessa Kirby is another one that's come up in the in the Oscar discussions of late. So I will be curious to see it. All right. Good stuff. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at Thing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can Find us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter all under the handle at we watched a thing if you want to help support the show and in fact we're putting up a bonus episode this week on the film Paris Texas you can find that at our patreon patreon.com forward slash we watched a thing and we'll catch you next week
0: watch a movie folks